The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Monday, October 18th. we got some Monday night football. It's going to be a little mystery Monday night. Spooky season, right? Uh, it's Halloween-ish. Uh, joining me. We'll find out, let's find out what uh, Sully's going to be for Halloween. What's up, Sully? Joining me to break down the Monday Night Football show, Tyler Sullivan. Sully, what are you... Uh, do you... Are you... I, I don't... I don't... Because there's this weird void where you're... You know, you don't really care. Like, you're you're a, you're you're doing adult Halloween is my question, right? Like, you're not you're not you're you're, you're Halloween's still fun for you. Halloween's fun for me, but just in a different way now. Yeah, see, I'm actually teetering on like you know your type of fun Halloween. So I have a house now, so I'm, I'm you know. Oh, you have. Okay, so you're in that. You're the, in that weird. The first uh, space like kids come to your house. Yeah. So this is and the you first don't time really know happened. how. To, you're like here's uh, some Kit Kats, small children. So, like, you know, we're excited about it just because, like, yeah, there's, we have a dead-end street. So, it, we think it's going to be kind of, you know, kind of cool. We had a very intense discussion of do we want to be the king-size house, king-size candy bar house. Oh. Because cause if you do it once, you get that reputation forever, and now we have to keep doing it. So, it, it's just one of those things where I don't know. <laughs> Look at this. This is the maniac who tore apart. I was telling you before the show, George yeah. has entered the chat. Look at this dog's eyes. I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, when they rip through the trash, I mean, how, how can you get mad for too long? Yeah, uh, he, he's come up to rip through some stuff. He, he like George, like Robbie, my, my George, my dog, like Robbie, my son, have realized that when I'm uh, have earphones on and I'm yelling at a microphone in you know shorts and a, and a button up shirt, that that is the ultimate leverage time to get whatever they want, because I am at you know, like I'm the most vulnerable uh, that I will be. Uh, throughout the course of of the day, well, yes, it's okay. Um, it's okay. I'm dog sitting too. I got a big. I got a beast next to me, so it's uh, it's all right. George is now attempting. George is now going to eat a Snickers. Apparently, well, that's good. It's well, it's, it's the trick or treat season, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess it's like <laughs> apparently we've got Snickers at Halloween here. Um, uh, we're going to be. Uh, Robbie is going to be in a Among Us. Do you know about Among Us? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I know that. Oh, yeah. yep. Yeah, aren't you hip? If you know about Among Us, oh, yeah. um, and he wants me to be in a uh, a full. I probably shouldn't tell the podcast listener this. He wants me to be. He wants me to dress up in a a full body uh, a, a skeleton bodysuit. Okay, all right. Which you know, I mean, 
maybe 25 year old me would have been fine with that or even 35 year old me 40 year old me is not you know i never really you know this is going to sound like i'm a curmudgeon i never really loved dressing up for halloween when i was a kid because my parents would and i'm wearing glasses now but i don't need to wear i wear i have lasik so i can you know i do it just to really read but um unless you're like i do it just to look smarter well i mean (laughs) not really but sure it does help but sure. um, when I was younger, I needed glasses all the time. And my parents would always buy me, uh, you know, masks and stuff. And they would fog up. I'd be running around. I'd be like, this stinks. I can't even pay attention. Oh, yeah. So if you needed glasses and you so you couldn't really see. So you didn't. I didn't really love Halloween as a kid either, I guess. Uh, I liked it better as an adult. In yeah, my way early, better as an adult. Early 20s. And then again, later in your late 20s, early 30s. And now it's a magical time with your the kid. Um, you, know, you get to you know, grab a beer, walk around the neighborhood. But it is, uh, it is, uh, it is. I'll tell you what. You know what sucks? People are like shut up and talk about the freaking game. But um, the uh, <laughs> the thing that sucks about Halloween now with kids is because like it's going to be on Sunday night. Yeah, my son is going to eat forty pounds of candy on Sunday night, and I'm going to be up in the off. I'm going to be up here. You know. We're working i'm working very hard up here thank you um and my wife is gonna have to deal with a uh sugar induced uh like insane person trying to get him to sleep to school on monday so next next monday oh is it, uh, two mondays from now, two mondays from now. yeah two mondays from now. i don't know why we're talking about start calling these the halloween games that's you know once you get yeah. to this part of october they're all the halloween games. yeah if i gotta listen to the progressive fa- the progressive family every single sunday then you know what it's the halloween season all right let's get to this game it is bills and titans pretty big uh afc matchup but the buffalo bills have descended upon nashville the fans have anyway the the, the videos on social media are wild to see bills fans everywhere packing bars uh packing titans bars and the bills are minus six at tennessee over under 53 and a half the primary storyline on in terms of this game right now sully is that aj brown was added on sunday afternoon or maybe it was like it was it is it before the 1 p.m. kickoffs? I know I'm playing against AJ Brown in one fantasy league, and that he was it, it was like there was no way the owner, in fact, the owner of the team is Heath Cummings, our fan, what a fantasy expert at CBSports.com. And there was no way Heath could have gotten AJ Brown out of his lineup because that was the time. Like he had I think it was in between it was going into the 4 p.m. games. I believe that that was where it was. It was out, you know, in between the 1 p.m. games kind of finishing up going into that that late It wasn't like at 11:30 in the morning yeah. or anything. It was in the afternoon where yeah. they where it was suddenly the Titans reported that AJ Brown is questionable with an illness and um I had I heard third hand that via like some Tennessee radio person uh basically that they're they're essentially saying we're going to limit his snaps for for this game and so as a result the, the you know the odds haven't changed the over under still 53 and a half the spread is six but when we get to these props it's gonna be difficult to talk about because it's more or less all the you know the tennessee pass catchers are off the board at caesars as far as the game itself goes having done enough of these shows sully with you over the past few weeks um i'm going to assume you're taking the bills Yes, taking the bills here. I mean, come on now. I mean, it's. I mean, you got, I mean, you got 
You gotta love the spot there. And, and again, I even liked them even before all this AJ Brown stuff with the, with the oh, illness. Yeah. We thought that you know uh, we were doing you know doing some research here. Obviously, he hasn't been that impactful this year. He's been dealing with some injuries. He had the two knee double you know knee surgery thing over the course of the off season. And they it's there were reports that they were going to limited snaps because of the injuries more so than anything else. He even admitted that he might be on a limited snap count all the way into week 10 due to the injury. Obviously, the illness is another whole layer to all this. But again, when you're missing that type of a weapon in an offense, and again, you have Derrick Henry, you have Julio Jones, there are guys there, but clearly he is someone that can really make this passing game going. When you're going into a game with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills offense rolling the way they are, you're going to need all hands on deck. So to me, again, I, I love the Bills in this spot. You know, obviously, you know, Bills Mafia will probably be down in Nashville getting after it pretty good on Broadway. So they'll have some sort of, you know, not home field advantage, but you, you'll definitely, I don't think it's going to be a Tennessee. You'll definitely see them represented well. It, it, it'll be like, um, uh, you know, when you go to an opposing, fo- like your, your rival's uh, stadium and you hear like, like th- I think we, there's a decent chance we hear let's go Bills or like Josh Allen has a huge game. And it's like MVP, MVP. Well, I'll tell you, I was at the, I was at the Patriots-Cowboys game uh, yesterday and there was the Dallas fans, credit to them. They traveled well. You could hear a lot of coop chants. And all that stuff for Amari really? Cooper, like yeah, it was they were they were really getting after it. So wow, hey. Cowboys fans everywhere yeah. across the country, huh? Who would have thought yeah. that? Um, <laughs> but fan. but for the Bills, quickly, you know, just because you know we're talking about the road team and all of that, they are six and one against the spread in their last seven road games. So they do not only travel well with their fans, but they do play well on the road as well. Um, I yeah, I mean it's a it's a scary team. Like Buffalo is rolling right now. Yeah. If you look at Football Outsiders defense. They are number one coming into this week, and uh, F Football Outsiders doesn't doesn't update until I think Tuesday after after the game. So this is not including Week Six, but Buffalo's defense. So DVOA for those that haven't listened to this podcast for very long, it, DVOA is negative. So the lower the number, the better your defense is. The number uh, three team in DVOA, the Saints, coming into this week, negative fifteen point eight. The number two team, negative 16.6. The number one team, Buffalo, negative 43.2. That is a enormous difference, Sully. Like it is, they're literally twice as good on defense as the next best team. And this isn't some fluke where the Bills magically figured something out and the defense got better. Their defense has been good for like the last five years, except with the exception of last year, which was just a weird season in general. The Bills' defense didn't play well. He gave up a ton of yards, and then they come back and they draft Boogie Basham, and they draft Gregory Rousseau, and they get bigger on the defensive line. That was their plan this offseason. They do this every year. They come into the season with a plan. They go into the offseason with a plan to improve XX, and part of that was to be able to rush Patrick Mahomes with four guys and sit back in coverage. They're just really good, and they're not bad on offense either. Is the like they, like this is a really good team. I don't I don't see how you could I mean I know it's a Monday night game and it's a home game for the Titans and they have a lot at stake and they need this win because the Colts are sort of knocking on the door. I can't especially after getting my doors beat in blown in yesterday by all these underdogs not covering. I just have a hard time getting to the Titans here. Um if I was going to bet it if I was going to bet against the spread, I would tease the Bills, I think. Maybe with the Broncos on Thursday. Yeah. That's you can make the Broncos, ooh, you can make the Broncos like plus 12. And the Bills will pick them, and the Bills just have to win. Yeah. And the if if uh, my buddy Red, 
does a uh, my buddy Rian, uh does a uh, loves to do these same game teasers. If I'm teasing this, it's Bills in the over. I mean, I feel like a friggin' donkey. We say this every week, but I mean, I don't just don't see how you can take the under or or the Titans in this spot, and knowing that AJ Brown just doesn't look. I mean, he's going to be limited. I mean, look, they don't have a ton on offense. Yeah. Well, that's my that's my biggest fear with with taking the over there a little bit. Obviously, the Bills. We've yeah, seen them. We've seen them have. You know, they can hang forty on a weekly basis. You know, that they, they, their their offense. You know, we we know what they are. The Titans. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. All of a sudden, if if you're looking at a scenario where you know Buffalo gets out to a twenty point lead in this game, that you're pretty much cutting the head off the snake in terms of Derrick Henry being the focal point of your offense. You kind of got to switch it up a little bit. Start moving the ball through the air down the field. And if there's no AJ Brown or a limited AJ Brown. You're asking a lot of Julio Jones. You're asking a lot of Anthony Ferks, or you're asking a lot of Ryan Tannehill to really put these points on the board against the defense, as you've been pointing out, is very good this season, number one in DVOA. So to me, that's probably a scenario where you see this trending under it. You know, you could see it, you know, almost remind would remind me of the Philadelphia Buccaneers game last week where, you know, it looked like everything was going to start to, you know, really bust open and hit the over. But all of a sudden, things started to slow down later in the game, and it just doesn't really mesh out well for them. You know, Buffalo can continue to run the ball with Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. They can move the ball that way to kill clock. The only way that I could see Tennessee kind of remaining in this game, again, is it would have to be a dominating display from Derrick Henry that keeps Josh Allen off the field. That's the only way that you could see that maybe shaping out in favor of Tennessee there. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll do the we'll get to the DFS stuff portion of the program after uh, at at the end of the show. It'll be on YouTube only. YouTube.com slash pick six. Uh, we fun stuff happening over there, by the way. Last night on the live stream recap, uh, in which I appeared to lose my brain multiple times, we did give away a Brinson sucks hat. Ooh. So that's exciting. Yes, one lucky uh, podcast listener slash watcher is going to get the uh, a very hat that currently graces my house that says Brinson sucks on it because, you know, <laughs> why not? Um, the Bills rank out as the 12th best offense in football. The Titans are just the 21st best offense. This, this may not surprise you. Um, when you split it out in terms of how the Titans offense operates, they are 26th in the pass game, but 10th in the run game. Um, that is the pathway. But to your point, I mean, there is, you know, when you, when you look at these football games, like the Jets beat the Rams last year, right? I mean, weird, the, you know, weird upsets happen in football all the time. The Titans are at home. They're being told by us, by a lot of people that they can't win. So, you know, don't, we can't, I mean, I can't get there mentally right now, but there's definitely a pathway for the Titans to win. And you're right. I think it involves some fluke turnovers and a whole lot of Derrick Henry. Um, so we'll talk about that when it comes to player props and DFS after we take a quick break. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I don't feel like I gave a definitive pick there, so I'll just say that if I'm betting this, I'm probably like just taking the under and player props. I don't I don't know that I want to get in front of the bill. I mean the Bills could the Bills could beat the brakes off these guys. That, that thing. And you look at quickly if you look at the Bills this season you were talking a lot about DVOA and stuff like that but if you look at their uh, you know their overall how much are they covering the spread by on average it, 15 points. I mean, it's a remarkable number. And again, a lot of that was was credit to their blowout over the Texans, where it was like 40 to nothing. That obviously kind of changes things a little bit. But still, you know, cover's a cover. And they, they are one of the best in the league right now. I think that they're 4-1 uh, and one against the spread this season. I think that that's Cowboys, Cowboys are undefeated against the spread. Cowboys undefeated. Maybe the best. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, to your point, it, it, the other thing about Buffalo that's a little scary if you're going to get in front, if you're going to take the Titans, and I realized the, the the sharp thing or whatever to do is probably to take the Titans in the points at home on Monday night. Um, Buffalo throws early and often. They throw on uh, early downs. They are aggressive down the field, and they're not afraid to hang one on you. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they were again like they were smoking the Texans and kept scoring unnecessarily. Even Mitchell Trubisky got in on the action. It was unfair and mean. I don't think they'll do that to the Titans tonight, but, uh, you know. I mean, when, you can, when you can unleash the NVP, you have to do it, right? <laughs> the NVP. I love it. Um, that's NVC. Uh, NVP. Your, your two private parts, Howard yep, Sherman? I know. Yeah. Okay. yeah, you got it. Pig vomit. Anywho, <laughs> let's get to the player props. Josh Allen, over two and a half passing touchdowns plus 150 kind of a blind bet right there as we mentioned a lot of these receiving yards are not going to be up because aj brown questionable and as a result there's a trickle-down effect on julio jones josh reynolds uh the only in fact the only pass catcher there's two pass catchers for the titans on in the receiving yards prop we have derrick henry who's Total, this may be a career high for Derrick Henry. He said at 13 and a half, and Anthony Ferkser at 24 and a half. Henry also said at 97 and a half rushing yards, which is a pretty crazy number. Are there any props that stand out to you, Sully? Un- understanding for the podcast people that, um, you know, we, you know, we don't have a full uh, slate of props available to us. Right, right, right. And, and I kind of want to go off of Tennessee real quick. I have a few few bills that I want to highlight. But to me, <laughs> I, I want to focus in on Ryan Tannehill here because I do think that, you know, it's going to move one way or another. We're going to get this thing, whether it, you know, if, if A.J. Brown's playing, the, the passing yard total might go up. If he's not playing, it's going to go down. I, I feel like attacking it right now. For me, I'm looking at the under on his passing yards. I think I had it at two, uh, 236 and a half. To me, he's only gone over that number twice this season. He's going up against the number one uh, pass, de- you know, number one defense in DVOA, like you said. To me, that one makes all the sense in the world to go under, especially if you're talking about, you know, no AJ Brown or a limited AJ Brown going up against a good defense. To me, that one I would like to go under on. And the other one, real quickly, the one I like the best with Ryan Tannehill is the under on his passing touchdowns at one and a half because. He's, I believe he's only done it once this season. And, and, and if you're talking about Tennessee getting into the red area, what are they going to do? They're giving it to Derrick Henry 99% of the time. 
And if you, again, if you, if you have limited receivers around you, it only more emphasizes that you're going to give it to Derrick Henry. So to me, I'm taking the under on Tannehill's passing yards and under on his touchdown throw. We don't have, um, I don't think on uh, Caesars, you don't put carries on there, right? Uh, rushing attempts. Yeah, they, they should have oh, those. How am, I, how am I missing rushing attempts? I can't. Right. I do actually. I know yeah, you right. have one on Zach Moss. Uh, uh, I know what happened. I was I was searching for Derrick Henry and it didn't pop up. Um, that's weird that they don't have they have all the Derrick Henry pops but no Derrick Henry rushing attempts. Man, Zach Moss over ten and a half rushing attempts. That's that's a that, bet. Yeah, love that. That's a, if the Bills have a lead, he is getting to eleven rushing attempts. It's minus one thirty five to the over, but that 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 line should be, I I think a lot higher. Yeah. I was going to suggest that. Derrick Henry may be game script proof from a rushing attempt perspective, especially if A.J. Brown is banged up. And that sort of similar to what we saw in Sunday Night Football, which was Alex Collins ran the ran the football a, a ton, even when they were down 14-0, right? They're, they're not afraid to, to feed. The Seahawks aren't afraid to feed a running back with a with a with a deficit, and the Titans aren't either. They did that against the Seahawks actually uh, when they were down big, and they gave the ball to Derrick Henry. So if you can find anything under, I don't know. I mean, what, what's the what's the rushing attempt number going to be? Like nineteen and a half? I was going to say nineteen and a half probably is where it sits, right? Yeah, anything under twenty is is absolutely a take for rushing attempt for carries for Derrick Henry. Uh, we had that with Najee Harris last night. It was nineteen and a half coming to that game. It's like that's. Yeah, he's just gonna carry the ball twenty plus times. Um, I don't. I wouldn't get in the way of that ninety-seven and a half. I, you know, I, I'm not taking the over on ninety-seven and a half. That's just right. That mean, you, you're just really, you know, playing with fire there. Yeah, just step away from it in terms of that prop. Um, one, I do think you can take uh, viably take the over on Derrick Henry receiving yards though at thirteen and a half. He's okay. just been involved in the passing game a lot more than he than he was really the entirety of his career. I don't know if this yeah. is an Arthur Smith thing or what it is, but uh, he's, he's getting targets and he's catching balls and you can, you know, 13 and a half is, is a pretty high number for Derrick Henry, but we've seen him go 19, 55, 31, 20, uh, zero against Jacksonville, but they beat him 37, 19 and they didn't need to involve him in the passing game. Um, he's, his catch rate is really high this year and he's, it's, I don't know that the, sports books have caught up necessarily to the involvement of Derrick Henry in that passing game. Yeah, I don't hate that. I mean, especially, again, if, if they're limited in, in receiving weapons in this game, you need to get the ball into your playmaker's hands. And if you're in a game like against Buffalo where we think that this, you know, the, off, the, the Bills offense could get out to somewhat of a lead here, you might have to be forced into some passing situations where you, you can't exactly put the ball Derrick Henry's hands, just handing it off to him, you might have to start incorporating him a little bit more into the passing game. So, no, I can totally see a path to get there. To me, if we're, if we're looking at backfields, like I, we were alluding to earlier, Zach Moss, to me, over 10.5. He's done it three uh, carries in this game. He's done it three straight games coming into this. He's going up against the 27th-ranked run defense in DVOA in the Titans this year. It, it, again, if, if, if the Bills get some sort of a lead, they're going to hand the ball off to Zach Moss. And not only and he's obviously a part of this offense, but if you're talking about later in the game, second half, trying to kill clock, he's the guy that they're going to give it to in those situations. Yeah, agreed completely. Um, the over for Steph Diggs is six and a half minus one fifty. That is, uh, I love taking the over on Diggs in prime time in terms of receptions, but yeah, I don't think you can take that over. 
I think for me, my favorite Bills receiver prop tonight is Emmanuel Sanders' longest reception, 22 and a half. Okay. He's had, he, you know, we saw last week, he had a 35 yard touchdown. And Josh Allen is throwing to him in a way that we haven't seen Emmanuel Sanders be used, you know, quite before throughout his career. He has an A dot of 16. He's got nine targets this season of 20 plus yards. He's caught five of them. Tennessee is allowing 8.4 yards per pass, which is the fifth worst in the NFL. To me, He's used in this way. The Bills like to push the ball down the field. He's starting to kind of feel himself in this offense. To me, I could see them connecting on a deep one, you know, maybe multiple times in this game. Yeah, I like that. The And I don't mind Manny Sanders over uh, 54 and a half receiving yards as a whole. He mm-hmm. This guy's just a focal point of this offense yeah. at, the, yeah. at, at this stage of the game. And, and you're starting to see him kind of take over from Cole Be- Beasley, too. He hasn't been as oh, involved. Yeah. He's starting to become that number two. Yeah. Um, when you look at what the Bills want to do, it's like Diggs is their obviously their alpha, but they're willing to shift some of the plays towards, or Josh Allen's more willing to look towards Manny Sanders. And I think he provides a different element to that offense in the sense that he can stretch a little bit vertically. He's a great possession guy. He's a reliable route runner. And it allows um, with Gabe Davis and and then they, they mix in uh, McKenzie a little bit too, where they're sort of, you know, that that third option deep threat guy that uh, can be a factor there. Devin Singletary is not being used as much as he was. Like Zach Moss is really taking this thing over, but over yeah. eight and a half receiving yards for Devin Singletary, man, that's just one catch for yeah. a guy out of the backfield that I think they'll get involved, uh, you know, at least. I mean, I, I, that's a that's a low number. That's maybe I, I think that's a target spot for me is what I'm saying is that I think that they will target him. Um, we've only seen three targets the last three weeks, but they've won 43, 21, 40, nothing and 38, 20. Uh, yeah, they've been blowing teams out. So uh, actually, you know what? Maybe that's a stay away if we think they're going to blow out Tennessee as well. Uh, anything else? I just think that they want to use Zach Moss. I mean, they clearly have brought him in. They want him to be that focal point into that backfield they've tried it with Devin Singletary for the past few years are falling off a cliff in these blowout games and so I think that that's what we're looking at here with with Moss again if this is one of those tightly contesting games maybe you start to get you know use Singletary a little bit more but we're talking about a you know pretty convincing win here by Buffalo you have to look at Zach Moss to say he's going to obviously be involved early but you know towards the late later portions of this game he's just going to get a ton of touches to kill clock the only other one that I want to point to with the Bills is uh, Josh Allen over on his rushing yards. I had it at 31 and a half minus 110. He's gone over that four of his five games this season in Tennessee. They just gave up like, I think what was it, 27 yards rushing to Trevor Lawrence. He's somewhat of a runner, but not as much as Josh Allen. To me, that one, I, I could totally see him going over this, this, uh, this game tonight. Yeah. And Allen, they did for the first time, really all year, they incorporated his rushing, against Kansas City in primetime as a way to sort of attack that Kansas City defense and throw the Chiefs off their game. They can't, He had 11 designed runs, I believe, in that game. That's by far the most on the season. Had nine in, in week one, but five, four, and six the other three weeks. So, yeah, primetime game. Maybe they come out and, and use that as sort of a initial – Let's put let's put Tennessee's defense on their heels, force them to think about Josh as a runner, and make them you know come up and and spread themselves a little bit horizontally. And that's you can really disrupt a defense by doing that. So I, I am fine with that as well. I think and and like I said, we'll get to it in, in a second with the DFS. But man, the 
I was just look at those snap counts for Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. I mean, it's it's uh I don't know what the graph what you would call the graph, but it's an inver it's an inverse movement for both of those two guys. Uh, you know, Moss is just seeing his snap count skyrocket, and Devin Singletary Devin Singletary is seeing his uh, drop and crater, and it's partially game script, I would think. I mean, the Bills lost in week <laughs> the Bills lost in week one of the Steelers, right? And have since gone 35 nothing, 43-21, 40 to 0, and 38 to 20. That week one game feels like 50 billion years ago, and it's just not reflective at all. You know, I think it still lingers a little bit in our heads, right? Yeah. But they have been stomping people since that week one loss. And it's and again, you know, we talk, you know, I, I said earlier, like, oh, well, they did beat, you know, Houston for another, but they they they're beating like Kansas City. They're beating good teams this year too it's not like they're beating up on bad opponents they're taking care of business on the road at arrowhead stadium not easy places to go and win football games not only win football games and win them convincingly so no this team has really been blowing the doors off people as of late yeah i mean maybe not good defenses like miami looks like they might be terrible yeah. washington's defense is awful houston is garbage kansas but they, kansas city's defense stinks but they smoked the chiefs i mean that's bottom yeah. line uh, you know what? It doesn't More matter. impressive defensively that game than than offensively. For sure. But but I'm saying it doesn't matter because they have Tennessee. In, in Tennessee's a bad defense in week yeah. six. Then they have a bye, so there's no like look ahead here. They come out of their bye in week eight with Miami again. Miami's gonna be reeling a desperate like you know, you know in a corner situation. And then yeah, they're Miami's in a tough spot. They don't even have a bye going after this London game, so Miami is gonna barely be kind of limping into this uh, into Boy, the next hey. few weeks here. I'm not sure that so, uh, the Bills, man, that Bills over 10 and a half that I took in the offseason is I mean, good. <laughs> I, I feel pretty good about it. I mean, Miami, Jacksonville. Wait, are you kidding? Have you seen the schedule? This is, yeah, it's, it's they have the easy. Titans, then they're by, then the Dolphins, Jaguars, and Jets. Those yeah. are literally the three worst teams in football. It's kind of a gimme schedule. And then they have the Colts, Saints, and Pats before the week 14 matchup against the Bucs. Holy Moses. They close to the Panthers, Pats, Falcons, and Jets. There's, there's two losable games left. They're they're, they're, I've been watching this Patriots team all year. They're not they're not they're not gonna lose any of those games. <laughs> they're not the Patriots are oh my god, the Bills are waltzing to this one seed. Yeah. Yeah, wow. no, it's again when you talk about it, this is what was so jarring about Kansas City, too, starting off so poor. You have all of these teams in the AFC West starting out pretty hot. Again, you know, Denver's cooled off and and, and what and, and the Chargers look like they cooled off against the Ravens. But you had an opportunity to really kind of solidify yourself in this one seed. Now, if you're Kansas City, you can't even think about it right now. Buffalo clearly has this in hand. The only other team maybe that you're thinking about is uh Baltimore. I think Baltimore is, is Baltimore's like, five and one. Five and one. So yeah. You know, but they're playing the Bengals this week. That's not a gimme game. You know? Baltimore has a much tougher schedule down the yeah. road than than Buffalo. No, um, this is this is clearly Buffalo's conference to to lose, the number one seed to lose. Yeah, and I, I really thought too that um I, I was really last week, and I've, I've mentioned this several times, but I was really impressed with Josh Allen's post game when he came out yeah. and said, "Yeah, look, you like he he came out and said before being asked a question, you guys are going to make more out of this win than we are." We understand that you know we beat can't we beat we beat the snot out of Kansas City, but you know you're not you don't get the playoffs with one win. It's a long season, um, man. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I don't know. I don't know. If, I, I probably did a terrible job with the props this week. Uh, let me. All right, I'll put. I think uh, I've got Moss carries over, Henry receiving yards over. I like your Josh Allen 
what do we say the rush yards was? Yeah, I had it at 31 and a half. I don't know what it is currently at Caesars, Ooh, but it's seat earlier. It's a lot, but he's gone over four out of five this year. I just feel like he is starting to just, or not starting, they just use him in that role. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 25 and a half pass completions for him is a, probably a good number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I mean, these, it, it, again, these are this is a tough uh, this is a tough game because of the AJ Brown situation. Yeah. Like we would have a lot more numbers out there to deal with if we didn't if we knew about AJ Brown. So yeah, my two props at all. We're both on the Moss carries over, yeah. and I really like the Derrick Henry receiving yards over uh, as options. You, you can go with uh, you know you can certainly go with um, Zach Zach Moss over rushing yards too. Yeah. If you think okay. this is going to be a blowout, he will go over 42 and a half, and the Titans won't be able to stop him. Yep. My favorite one is the Sanders. Again, longest reception over 22 and a half. It's just that one feels a little low, oh, yeah. too. Again, that one, that one yeah. to me is my favorite out of the ones that I picked. The other thing that we want to point out quickly, it, again, it's tough, but we go over it every week. First touchdown yep. uh, prop. The only oh, one that you saw driving the podcast is ah, I, I got you. I Don't worry. Fall asleep on my I'm, I'm here for you. I know you had a long <laughs> night. The only one that I really am, am paying a little bit of attention to is Dawson Knox plus, you know, 10 to one. That's the only one that I, I really, you know, again, maybe Ryan Tannehill at plus 2,300, yep. but those two outside of that, I, I don't really love anything else. Knox. I mean, we really don't have to say too much. He's basically scored a touchdown every single game he's played this year. He's just, he's like the Robert Tunyon of 2021 <laughs> like that's just that's just who he is josh allen Loss at nine to one is not terrible no you, no i mean i mean I, I prefer starting over 10 to one almost 90 percent of the time but um this is all right so in a game that's six with the bills are six point road favorites moss should be more like seven to one based on where they derrick henry's five to one like i mean i think that if the bills defense is as good as we think it is and I don't, I don't, my point being is I think Moss is going to get a ton of goal line carries. I want, I'll take Allen. Ugh, not, I hate nine to one, but uh, Allen and Moss at nine to one, because that's who they're going to go. If the bills get in the red zone and near the goal line, that's who they'll go with. And you're at least getting a little bit of value. I, Knox out I mean, 10 to one. I remember the days when he was like 25 to one. Well, Halcyon days of week one. Um, he is involved a lot more as a pass catcher. I agree with you on Tannehill at 23. Gabe Davis is probably a stab at 29. And I think that's probably it on the list that they have at Caesars. Yeah. So that, if that, you, that's the only ones I'm really paying attention to. Yeah. Um, you know, it feels like we're on, on sort of a run. We had a few where there were quarterbacks rushing in there. If you got quarterbacks with rushing equity, like Tannehill and, and Josh Allen, and they're 10 to one, nine, I mean, nine to one, 10 to one or better. You probably need to invest in them. Uh, yeah. I like, uh, I like those. I think that's a good call. Not, a, it's not a great market. Again, Julio Jones and AJ Brown aren't on, like they should be pushing Dawson Knox down to exactly further yeah. down the board. And they're not on this list. So maybe wait and find out what AJ Brown's deal is. You know, if he came up at like 20 to one for whatever reason, that would be interesting, but I'm sure he won't. Um, long story short of this podcast AJ Brown is making this a pain in our asses, is, is, is the bottom line. All right, so that is the Monday Night Football preview show. We will have, Sully and I will go over some DFS stuff on youtube.com slash pick six. Go and check that out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll keep this rolling for DFS in a second. 
chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount Plus.